Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Oh, welcome to Blue Ridge Church. It's great to have you here today. Special welcome to those of you streaming with us online. And if this is your first time here, or first time watching, man, we are so glad that you've joined us. So today we're kicking off a brand new series called Amazing Grace. And to start off with, you need to be very thankful for your band singing that song, because otherwise I was going to open with that song and sing you a solo, but thank goodness the band had your back. But I'm excited about this series because God's grace truly is amazing. And when we can understand just how big, just how massive God's grace is, how many different attributes and how many different aspects of God's grace there are, it actually changes our view on life and it changes our relationship with God. So to get started, I just want to make a couple of assumptions. And I'm betting that a lot of you are like me in the fact that you spend a lot of your time, a lot of your effort, a lot of your energy reflecting on what other people think about you, right? And I'm also going to make the assumption that you're like me and you, once you find out what people think about you, that impacts you, that bothers you, and, and, and it affects you, right? How your boss feels about you, how your spouse feels about you, how your kids feel about you, your parents feel about you, your coaches, your teachers, your roommates, all of that stuff, it impacts us. You know, when I was younger and I look back on my life, I, I spent a lot more time worrying about what other people thought about me than I did what my heavenly father thought about me. Because I also grew up in this culture that, that taught a lot of times in churches that God wasn't pleased with you unless you performed, right? God wasn't pleased with you unless you were following the rules and you were obeying and doing everything that you were supposed to do. And I don't know about you, but I also discovered that it didn't matter how much I did right, it didn't matter how uprightly I walked, that a lot of times I didn't even live up to the expectations that I had of myself, much less the expectations that other people had of me. And I'll be honest, I still struggle with it. And I'm sure a lot of you struggle with it as well. We want people to like us. Right? We want people to accept us, and, and we want to fit in. Especially when we're younger, we do things that we probably wouldn't have normally done just to fit in, just to find our place, right? just to find our spot, because we all want to be accepted, we all want to be loved, we all want to be approved, we all want our life to mean something, we want our life uh, to count for something. The problem is we often use the, uh, the wrong roadmap, if you will, to determine or to get to what our self-worth and our self-value is going to be in life. And a lot of times we do look to other people for affirmation and for approval and determine what our worth is in life. And I know that didn't come as a shock to you because we all do it. And that's probably why we struggle with so many different things 
in our lives is because we're looking in the wrong direction for approval or acceptance. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret, which probably isn't a secret at all, but there's a better place to focus on instead of what other people say about us. And that's to look and see, well, what does God say about us? Because God already says a lot about us and it's his grace that speaks a lot to us. And that's why we have to truly understand how big and how massive his amazing grace really is. Because again, it changes us and it changes our relationship with him. So we're going to do this series and we're going to look at a bunch of different aspects, little pieces of God's grace, because once we understand that we can have peace and we can truly be free to live our lives the way that God wants us to live our lives. And, and you know, you may say, well, why do we, why do we need this series? You know, it's just, it's just God's grace. But the truth is we don't live in God's grace every day. We still think we have to earn God's approval because we spend all of our life trying to get the approval of other people. But when we can get to the point that we truly live in God's grace every single day, it changes everything. And so hopefully when we get done with this series, we're going to discover that it's a package deal. God's grace is a package deal. We get it all. We get every bit of his grace. It doesn't cost us anything. It's free. We don't have to earn it. And one of the cool things about God's grace, the piece we're going to look at today is his his grace is personal. We're going to look at his personal grace today. It's personal to me. It's personal to you. That means once you have a relationship with Christ, you have a relationship with God, and the grace he gives you is tailor-made for you. The grace he gives me is tailor-made for me. So if you want to follow along with our notes, we have our notes available every week uh, online. Uh, The host will send you a link. If you've downloaded that Church Center app on your phone, and I encourage you to do that sometime, it's available there. But if you haven't downloaded it yet, you can simply scan that QR code if you want to follow along. But here's our first learning for today. Uh, There's a part of God's grace that's personalized for each of us. Every single one of us. He makes that grace personal because he knows you personally. He knows each one of us personally, which is kind of mind-boggling when you think about how many billions of people live on this planet. How many billions and billions and billions of people have lived on this planet? They've lived their life. They've died. They've gone to heaven. And God knows every single one of us personally. John chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. I love this verse. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus' words. Now look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your Father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So what's the significance of those verses? God knows us personally, individually. He's intricately involved in our life each and every day. He cares about our life. He cares what happens to us because he knows us. That should tell us right there something about our value and our worth for God to be so involved in our life. And that's why he wants us to look to him 
for our value and our worth, not to other people, not what other people say, not to our career or our vocation. He wants us to look only to him. And I think it's really hard for us to to understand what we mean to God. One, because of the false things we've believed about ourselves, right? That people have spoken to us or, or words that have been put in our minds from other people, but also because of the false things we've believed about God over the years, right? God's only pleased when I'm in church. God's only pleased when I'm reading my Bible, or God's only pleased when I'm praying, or God's only pleased, you know, when I'm serving or, or, or I'm giving. But we also have that negative sense of who we are as a person because of the hurtful things people have said. And whether they were false or whether they were true, our tendency is to take those things people say, and, and we file it away as the truth, and we constantly replay it, don't we? We, we constantly hear those words that were spoken to us. So again, a proper perspective of God's personal amazing grace and what he says about us is absolutely necessary if we're going to truly live in freedom. And the other benefit of understanding God's grace is not only are we going to know him better, but we're going to know ourselves better. We're going to learn more about ourselves. So I want you to think about that for a minute. What is your value? How much are you worth? Just, just put, put a figure on that. Not a, not a monetary figure, but how much are you worth to God? And when we think about that question and when we're posed with that question, what most of us do is we quickly drift back to all the things we've done wrong and, and all the sins we've committed and all the places of our life that we've messed up. And we come to the conclusion and we reach the conclusion, well, I'm not worth that much to God because I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and this has happened. But if we really want to understand our true worth to God, again, we've got to examine what he says about our value. And he says our value is immeasurable. Think about it. God created you. God formed you with only you in mind. There's nobody else like you. And then he breathed life into you. He gave you life. He gave me life. That's incredible value. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. We become his children. He, uh, the scripture says later he adopts us into his own family. That, that's a lot of worth. Those of you that have kids... Or even grandkids, think about what your kids are worth to you most of the time, right? When they're behaving. You, you, parents can't put a value on their children. Grandparents can't put a value on their, their grandchildren. They're priceless to them. That's the way that God feels about us. So when we accept his grace, and that comes through a relationship with Christ... That grace is extended to each of us personally for free. And when we realize he actually brings us into his family, he adopts us as his very own children, nothing can top that. So we have incredible, immeasurable worth to God. In other words, you are priceless to God. Now, I said we were all created by God, which is absolutely true, but not everybody belongs to God right? We were all given life and created by God, but not everybody belongs to God because God's not going to force himself into your life. We hit that last week. 
He gives us a choice, right? We, he wants a relationship with us. He loves us. He desires that relationship, but it's our choice. We have to make that choice. But that's why he sent Jesus to this earth, to really show people in a tangible form exactly what he's like. But that's our choice. But what we need to realize, he paid, God paid the ultimate price for us. Think about it. He gave us his son. Probably the most important thing to him, he gave his son for us to die for us. And that's why the apostle Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 7, 23. God paid a high price for you, so don't be enslaved by the world. What does that mean? He paid the ultimate price for us because he sent his son to die for us. And he's saying, don't be enslaved by the world. In other words, don't get all caught up in these things people have said. Don't get all caught up in, in what other people think about you. When Christ stretched out his hands on the cross, I think it's as if he's saying, you are worth this much. You mean this much to me. And I don't think that your coach or your ex-husband or your ex-wife or your teacher, or your roommate, really understood your value to God when they may have said those hurtful things to you. We've all had those words spoken to us, those words that hurt, those words that we've hung on to. But those people didn't understand what our true worth was. Because we're valuable to Christ. That's the first thing his personal grace says. We have incredible worth and incredible value to him. The other thing that personal grace says is we can do anything through Christ. Right? A lot of you are familiar with Philippians 4.13, but I've got it on the outline for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's his personal grace that gives us the strength to absolutely accomplish anything in this world. That right there, knowing that you've got high value and you can do anything through Christ, that should increase our self-esteem. But there's so many people, especially in today's culture, that walk around and they have really, really low self-esteem. And I think it's because we don't focus on these aspects of God's grace. But once we realize we're extremely valuable to him and we can do anything through him, it changes us. What's it give us? It gives us security. It gives us peace knowing, gosh, I've got this incredible value to God. And regardless of what happens, I can do anything through him. I'm secure, right? That's the only security we really have is when we have a relationship with Christ. Everything else that we have can be taken away from us. But we need to understand that with Jesus, anything's achievable, Regardless of all these things that happen in, in our everyday life, we're secure. We know we're loved by him and, and that we're uh, assured by him. Think about all the people that walk around or you, you deal with every day that have low self-esteem or they have no security in life at all. They may have tons of money, a great job, a great business, great family, but they don't have any security because they don't look to the security that Christ offers knowing they can do anything with Christ. You know, we tend to focus on what everybody else thinks we need to have to have security instead of looking to the security that only Jesus brings. So we have to listen, again, to what God says, what his grace says. We're worth, we're invaluable, we're priceless, 
We can do anything through him. We're secure in him. Nothing can, nobody can take that away from us. So how do we actually change who we listen to? Because it's easy to talk about it. Well, don't listen to what other people say. Listen to what God says. But we have to continually fill our minds with God's truth. We have to continually be reminded, like today, of what God's grace, for example, looks like. What does his truth say? Because the more of God's truth that we have, the less hurt, the less scars, the less pain we're going to have. I love how it says it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And this is from the message. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. So once we have Christ and we get his grace, we go from nothing to something. We go from rejected to being accepted. And God wants us to truly Understand, once we've made that decision to follow Christ, and listen, I understand if you're not there yet. I understand if you're still checking out God and investigating the claims of Christ, that you still got a a lot of questions. But if we've accepted Christ, he wants us to see and understand the difference he's made in our life. From what we used to be without him to what we are now with him. That's grace. To see that change. That change only came through his personal grace to us. But that that piece of God's grace, his personal grace that he gives to each of us, it says we're valuable. We have incredible value to him. Uh, We're secure in him, but we're also approved by him. Think about that. God approves you just the way you are. And that's kind of good news because we spend our entire lives trying to win the approval of, of other people. God already approves us. We want the approval of other people, right? We want to be approved by our parents. We want to be approved by our friends and our friend group. We want to be approved by our spouse. Half the time, we want to be even approved by our enemies. And because we're constantly living to earn the approval of others, it, it affects everything we do in life. It affects how we speak. It affects, you know, where we live and where we work and who we hang out with. But we're never going to fully ever earn the approval of people. But we've already got the approval of God. Though on this side, we're just trying to win it, trying to win it, trying to win it. That bar is constantly moving to get people's approval. As soon as you meet one expectation, they're going to have another expectation for you. God says, I approve you just the way you are. Romans chapter 15, verse 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. So what's the stipulations for that? There's none. We're accepted. We're approved by God. It doesn't say you're accepted by God as long as you're in church every Sunday or as long as you tune in online every Sunday. It doesn't say that. Doesn't say you're accepted by God as long as you love all the people around you. Doesn't say you're approved and accepted by God as long as you obey the Ten Commandments and you don't mess up anywhere in your life. We're already approved. 
That's what his personal grace says to us. So here's learning number two. God's personal grace to us says we have his unconditional approval because it's based on him and not on us. We have his approval because of him. And if we think about that, that we get God's grace because of him and it's nothing to do with us, that should, that should help our self-esteem and our worth. He chose you. How does that feel to be chosen? Don't we like to be picked for things in life? Like go, go back to when you were a kid and you're on the playground and you, know, you pick two captains and, and they're splitting up teams, whatever you're playing. And when that captain picked you, it feels good. Even if you're the last one picked, it still feels good. Oh, they selected me. Or if you're picked at work to, to work on a special project, or they choose you for the next promotion. That feels God uh, feels great. God himself has already picked us. We are approved because of his grace to us. That's amazing to me. Why did God choose us? Have you ever thought about that? Why in the world did God choose me? Why does God want a relationship with me? Because he loves us. He loves you. Do you realize that he can't not love you? He just can't. He absolutely 100% loves us. His personal grace to us says, I love you. And I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds so basic, but how often do we forget that God loves us? How often do we forget that God loves us unconditionally and God loves us always? I tell couples that I work with before they get married, there is nothing you can do to make God love you any less or to love you any more. That's what unconditional love is. We, we think we love unconditionally. Oh, I love my spouse unconditionally. No, you don't. It's based on conditions. That's not the way God works. And I, I think it is hard for us to get this because we think God works the same way we do. We think God thinks the same way we do and acts the same way we do, right? But he doesn't. And we love based on conditions. You know, we love our kids when they do this and they do this and this, and we don't love them as much when they're doing this or doing this or doing this or not listening to us. It's not how God works. Christ loves us infinitely, always, unconditionally. If you've ever felt, uh, you know, low in life or, or felt you know, kind of down and your self-esteem was down, you just think about that, that God loves you unconditionally. Isaiah 54.10, for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken. And here's the thing too, God's love will never change for us. It'll never end. God's the one person that's not going to break up with you. He's the one person that's never going to leave you or never disappoint you. The other thing about God's love is it's consistent, right? Our love is so inconsistent. We get moody. We have bad days, good days. God doesn't get that way. So, and that's because of his grace to each of us. So we're valued highly valued by God, we're loved by God, we're chosen by God, we're accepted by God. We can do anything 
with Christ. So the last aspect I want to look at, and hopefully by now you're seeing your worth is greater than what anybody's ever said to you when you look at what his personal grace says about your worth. But the last aspect of God's personal grace I want to look at today for each of us deals with forgiveness. And God's personal grace to each of us says that we're forgiven. No matter what, we're forgiven. You ever felt like, you know, things were not going good in your life or you're having a lot of difficulty and a lot of problems, your life just kind of blows up in your face and you think, well, that's just God getting back at me for the sin in my life. God's just, uh, you know, really disappointed and he's making me pay the price for the mistakes that I've made and the rules that I've broken. We do that all the time. We just think God's angry with us when there's problems in our life, but his personal grace says, no, you're forgiven, period. You're pardoned, period. Jesus took that to the cross. Past, present, and future. That's good news. I want to constantly remember that part of God's grace that I'm forgiven. It's great to know that I'm loved unconditionally, but that I'm truly forgiven. And again, he forgives us, not because of anything we do, not because we get more rules right than wrong, because of everything Christ already does and has done. That's his grace. That's what personal grace is. What does that mean I'm forgiven? God's not going to hold your sins against you. But you, you may have grown up in a culture that taught you that at, at the end of your life, you're going to see this highlight reel of all your sinfulness. That's not what God says. That's not what the scripture says. Look at Psalm 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. We're pardoned. That is the best news ever. That is a clear picture, probably one of the clearest pictures of God's personal individualized grace to each of us. So anytime you think God's mad at you, or God's getting back at you, or God's holding something against you, read that verse. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. If we accept Christ, with that personal grace he gives us comes forgiveness. He's the only one that can give us forgiveness. We don't forgive all the time here on this earth, but he absolutely forgives us when we have a relationship with him. Romans chapter 5 Verse 1, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So this whole thing we're looking at today, personal grace, that's what God wants us to have. And that's what he wants us to live in is peace. Peace. We can have peace because of what Jesus has already done. So the good news is, when we receive Christ into our life, our sins are wiped out. They're wiped out, including the ones for the rest of our lives. That is grace that's earmarked personally for each and every one of us. So God's personal grace says uh, we have incredible value to him. His grace says we're we're saved. His grace says we're forgiven. His grace says we can do anything through him. We're accepted. We're approved. We're loved. But probably the greatest thing about God's personal grace to each of us 
is nobody can take it away from you. We can lose everything from a worldly perspective, right? We can lose our health. We can lose our family. We can lose our friends. We can't lose God's personal grace to us. So because of that, what do we need to do? And it's learning number three. We need to delete what people have said about us and refresh our minds with God's truth. We need to go in and we need to delete those things we keep telling ourselves. Things we've heard, things that people have said, things that have left scars and pain and hurt and deep wounds. We got to replace those things with what God says about us. Because when you look at what Christ says and his personal grace to each of us says, it's a totally different story than you're playing in your mind. It's a totally different story than what people have said to you in the past. So from now on, we got to focus on who God says we are and not what we've been led to believe that we are. We need to embrace his personal grace. His personal grace that says, hey, because of your relationship with Christ, you belong to me. You're valuable. The personal grace that says, hey, I I created this just for you. You're forgiven. You have high worth. I accept you. I approve of you. The truth is we let each other down, right? We fail miserably at human love. We all say things that we shouldn't say. We've all hurt people. We've all been hurt by people's words and people's actions. We disappoint each other. We fall short all the time. But Jesus says, no, that's not how I operate. You're always loved. You're always accepted. You're always cherished, and you're always forgiven. That's the peace of God's grace, that personal grace that makes the whole big picture truly amazing grace. Nobody can change that. Once we have Christ, nobody can take that personal grace away from us that he tailor-made for each of us. Let's pray together. God, first of all, thank you that, that you love us. Thank you that you can heal our brokenness. You can heal our hurts. You can erase those words that we've heard that other people have said. And whether they're true or not, that's not how you see us. Lord, it truly is amazing that no matter what, you love us that you just can't not love us. Forgive us when that's so hard for us to understand. Lord, thank you that we have value and worth to you. Thank you that, God, you sent your son Jesus to pay the ultimate price, the highest price possible for us and for our salvation. Thank you for showering us with love when we don't deserve it and for choosing us. Maybe you're praying with me today. You're at home or you're here and you've never 
crossed that line of faith. You've never invited Christ into your life. Maybe you grew up in a culture that said, nah, you've got to perform. You've got to follow these rules. You've got to stop doing this before God's ever going to accept you or, or love you. I hope you know today how God feels about you and how much God desires a relationship with you and how gentle God is in the fact that he's not going to bully his way into your life that you have to choose. You have to invite him in. But once you do, you get that personal grace that says all those things we've talked about today. And I want to encourage you, don't put that off. Just invite Christ into your life. It's not specific words you say, it's the condition of your heart. To say, Jesus, I know I've put this off because I thought I wasn't good enough. I had no idea that you love me the way you do and desired a relationship with me. Just invite him in. Just say, hey, Lord, as best I know how, I'm asking you to come into my life. I'm asking you to forgive my sins, and I'm asking you to make me the person that you want me to be. And when you do that, Jesus will come in. Or maybe you're here today and You've been following Christ a long time. You've been following Christ your whole life, but you still think you have to earn his approval. Just like you have to earn the approval of people around you. You try harder. You work harder. You give it more effort. Listen, why don't you commit today? Why don't we all commit that we're going to live in God's personal grace? The grace that says that we're valuable to him that we're chosen by him, that he adopts us into his family, that grace that says, hey, with me you can do anything, that grace that says you're loved and most of all, you're forgiven. God, help us to live in that peace that you want us to have, that peace knowing that we can live truly in freedom because Christ has already done everything for us. Lord, and when we're down and when we're discouraged and we don't like the way we look or like the way we feel or like the direction that our life is heading, that we will look to your personal grace and remember what you've already said about us and how much you mean to us. God, it is so humbling that you love us. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for... Uh, the technology to be able to have church at home or in person, or we just love you and we just want to tell more people about you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we finish up, just a couple of things for you real quick. February the 11th, it's a Friday. February the 11th from 10 to 4, there's going to be a massive blood drive here at the church. And our New River Valley uh, task force that a health task force that did a lot of the stuff with COVID and with the pandemic, they are partnering alongside the Red Cross to uh, get some blood for our community because there's a, there's a big shortage and they want this to be a huge blood drive. So I want to encourage you, if you've ever given blood, if you've thought about giving blood, that's the day to do it because they're trying to get 100 units for the New River Valley. Uh, the more people sign up, the more Red Cross uh, volunteers and workers they're going to bring in from other parts to be able 
to take all of the donations. So I want to encourage you. Uh, it's going to be on the 11th from 10 to 4. Uh, we need your blood. All right. So make sure you sign up to do that. Also, today begin sign-ups for our group leaders. You know, three times a year, we have groups here at the church where uh, as the church grows larger on Sundays, we grow smaller in the context of community, in the context of groups. Maybe you've been thinking about leading a group. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to do that. Or maybe you're just thinking about an idea. Man, I've, I've thought about this group. Just go ahead and sign up and at least talk to Matt about that group, and he can get you set up. And then in a couple weeks after group leader signups are finished, we'll have participants sign up for all of us. And, and, you know, our groups here, sometimes they're study groups. Sometimes they're study groups. You just watch a DVD and you answer questions with your group. Some have homework. Some are fun groups. You know, they're just activity groups. Others are mission groups. So when those come out, I want to encourage you to make sure you look on our website at something that may fit with you. I truly appreciate you being here today. I hope you're excited about this series. We'll continue each week looking at a different aspect of God's grace. If you came today worshiping through generosity, you know how to do that online or you can do that in the black boxes. I hope you have a terrific Sunday afternoon, a great week. It's going to warm up, so that's good. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here.